Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Well, hey, everybody. Good to see you. Glad to have everybody in the house at 10 o'clock. Y'all enjoying church already? Enjoying church already? Yeah, what a great, great day. Why don't y'all help me out and you make some noise for the greatest pastors in the history of the world, Pastors Danny and Rachel Rivers. Y'all make some noise for your pastors. Love, 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 love these people. Been friends with them for a long, long time. Went to college with with Pastor Danny, and we we became close friends in school, and have been friends ever, ever since. And it's kind of divine providence that we wound up in the same city, which is I never would have dreamed that this is where God would have would have planted me. But I've uh, been living here now about 13 years, and honored to be in the same region with some great friends of ours. I always say there's friends that you have you, you know you have coffee with. There's friends that you'll like text you know, once a month, there's some that you might talk on the phone to. And then there's friends that you actually go on vacation with. You'll go around the world with them. And uh, these are vacation kind of friends of ours. Alicia and I, we've been traveling. We've been doing vacations, y'all, for years, pretty much since we got, we got married with Danny and Rachel. So we love these people. We are close to these people. And I love everything that God is doing through them in San Antonio uh, here at LifePoint Church. I'm just blessed to be in this. I've been part of LifePoint Church, honestly, from the very beginning, but wow, I'm so excited about this location, this facility, what God is doing. And I just got to say, guys, you're just getting started. You're just getting started. Just getting started. Pumped to be here for week number four, I believe it is, of gym class a study on the book of James. And whoever came up with the gym class idea for a sermon uh, title, series title, f- uh, for a study of the book of James, brilliant, great work. It was probably your pastor or, you know, it could have been some of the creative team. I, I don't know. It's probably Rachel. Was it you? Is you, you probably. Um, or, or one of your girls. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but uh, I'm honored to be here for week four of of gym class and a study of the book of James. And James is, James is one of my favorite books in the Bible because James is kind of in your face. He's one of those writers that he just kind of tells it like it is. Like he just kind of puts it out there. You can take it or leave it, do what you want to with it. In fact, if James were like alive today and, and preaching in 2021, like I feel like a lot of his sermon clips would like show up on YouTube and Insta and TikTok. Like people would be all over his clips because they're like, so in your face. They'd be like, have you seen what James said yesterday? You got to see this. Can you believe he said that? That's just kind of the way James' writings are. He's like straight up in your face. And, and, and I love it. And today we're going to jump into a portion of James chapter 3 here in just a moment. Uh, but, but first I want to I tell you about a, 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 a guy named John Wooden. Many of you have heard of him or know of him. He's one of the greatest basketball coaches, college basketball coaches, like to ever coach the game. He won 10 NCAA championships. He actually won seven in a row one time, like from 19, uh, 1967 through 1973. He won seven consecutive NCAA titles. And, and he's a known for being an amazing, amazing leader, and uh, he was known for a lot of unique things. And one of the things that John Wooden said is that he loved practice way more than he loved the games, because of course he understood the power of practice and what happens in the practices, clearly what's going to affect what happens on the games. But he had some unique things in his practices as, as well. Every year, the first practice of the year, as he would welcome students back and, and then you know newbies to the program, um, he would have a full practice where all they did in the practice was they sat on the, the bleachers on, on beside the court and they worked on how to properly wear your socks and your shoes. So you'd have them get barefooted and properly put on socks and your shoes. And of course, when asked about this, thinking this is kind of a strange thing that you are, that you're doing with these athletes, he would say it's the little things that are vital. 
and, and how they wear their socks and their shoes, they matter. It's the little things that make big things happen. That's what John Wooden said. Little things tend to make big things happen. And so I'll start here today by simply saying this. It's the small things in your life that nobody sees that results in the big things that everyone wants. Small things result in big things. And um, of course, we could take this anywhere we wanted to. We could talk about the power of prayer. We could talk about perseverance. We could talk about passion and, and practice or whatever. But today we're going to talk about something small that is listed in the book of James chapter 3. James chapter 3, verse 5. James James says this, in the same way, the tongue, everybody say the tongue. The tongue is a small thing. It is a small thing, but it makes grand speeches. And a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. James says the tongue is a very small thing. It's a very small thing, but it has a huge, huge impact on our life. I don't know if you've ever been impacted by something that was very tiny and you realize just how powerful it was. Maybe you've been you know, stung by uh, a, a bee or, or a scorpion or, or bit by an ant or something. It's just tiny and you're like, God, how did, how did you do that to me? Or we were in the car uh, this week going going to Dallas, had to take my son to play baseball up there. And, and uh, we'd been packing the car, had the car door open. And, and we're about 15, 20 minutes into the trip. And, and, and Britain's over there. He's going, ah, ah. I'm like, what, what is it? What is it? I knew there was a mosquito in here. Like, I knew it. And so like for the next 45 minutes, we were like, eh, yeah. All, you know, every, we, were, we were thinking there was mosquitoes all over the car. Tiny little thing. And yet making this huge impact. If you've ever met my wife, she's tiny, but mercy, she, she's strong. She makes a big, big impact. Tiny things tend to make a big impact. And, and James says, your, your tongue is small, but wow, the power that it, it has. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, about our words and things we say. This is the message paraphrase, but I, I, love, how, I love how it's translated here. Jesus said, every one of those careless words is going to come back to haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. Jesus said, words are powerful. They are powerful. You better take them seriously. They can be your salvation. They can also be your damnation. Our words, our tongue, the things that we say, one of the small things that impact our life in a big, big way. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived in Proverbs chapter 18, said this of the tongue, the tongue has the power of life and death. Life and death, like, like, like you're either speaking life-giving things, life-giving words, or life-taking things. There, there's no in-between. It's life or death. There's no middle ground mentioned. When it comes to the words that come out of our mouth, we're either building or we are breaking. We are either helping others or we are hurting others. We are either propelling others or we are pulling them down. We are either building ourselves or breaking ourselves. Solomon also said in Proverbs 15, verse 4, the soothing tongue is a tree of life. There's life there. When you just speak kind, positive things, there's life there, but the perverse tongue crushes the spirit, crushes the spirit. I wonder if there's anybody in the, in the room today, anybody watching online who've ever had your spirit crushed by words spoken over you. Something someone said to you, a, a parent, a teacher, a coach, a friend, a peer, something somebody said to you that was just life-taking and it crushed your spirit. Something like, did you mean for your hair to look like that? Did you, is this what you were going for? I mean, yeah. is that the color you were after? Is that, is that the color you were trying to get to? Something like, have you, well, you have really aged since I last saw you, yeah. Wow, I mean, you're just, wow, pastor, it's tough on you, huh? I mean, it's re really, really aging you. Something like, so now why aren't you married? Do you not want to get married? Have you just, you don't want to date, you don't like dating? You're, you're comfortable being, being, you're good with that. Or maybe some more direct things, like why aren't you more like your brother? Or wish, wish you were more like your sister. Maybe something more direct that crushes you, like I found somebody else. In fact, I never loved you, or I don't love you anymore. 
Some direct, direct words that crush you like you're just not good enough. You don't have what it takes. You'll never amount to anything. Everybody thinks that you are a, you're a joke. Something, some, something, something crushing. You ever had words spoken over you that crushed your spirit? Yeah, when, when we were kids, we used to, in this, this little rhyme that we would say, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I don't know why we said that. I don't know how kids learned it. I don't know where it came from because clearly words damage. Clearly words are incredibly painful and really sticks and stones might bruise you here and there, but, but words can have a far more lasting and, and lingering uh, damaging effect on our lives that can stay with us for, for months and years, even a lifetime. Words spoken, us, spoken over us, causing us to uh, have identity crisis, and, you know, having to deal with, go through counseling, and I'm all for all of that stuff, having to go through, uh, you know, freedom small groups, all for that stuff, and so many things in our life that, that are painful and that are damaging can be, can be traced back to words. Someone spoke over us. And yet we're still funny when it comes to our words. We still have trouble believing this, that we can crush someone's spirit by speaking things. We, we, we say things that are, that are damaging, that are, that are rude, that are painful, and, and then we come back, we, we circle back around and say, I'm sorry, I, you know, I shouldn't have said that. And we just expect the person just to move on. It's akin to like running over someone with a truck, like running over them and then backing up, back over them and getting out and saying, you know what? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have ran over you. Now, come on, let's go. Why are you laying there on the ground? Why are your leg look all weird, you know? But why is there so much blood on you? Wipe the blood off. Quit being dramatic. I said, I'm sorry, okay? Get up and let's, let's, let's move on. We think that we can just run over someone with our words or we run over someone with our words and, and then we make excuses. Well, well, I mean, I didn't mean anything by it. I mean, I really didn't, I really didn't, you, you know, I was joking, right? We think we can say, I was just being sarcastic. Do you not recognize sarcasm? We think we can say I'm sarcastic. I was just being, I was just joking and that we can say anything at all. When the reality is there's a lot of evil that's been shrouded as jokes for years and years. And the scripture actually says there's much truth in ingesting, much truth in, in joking. Or we say something damaging. We, we run over someone and then we say, well, that's just, I'm just tell it like it is. You know, that's just who I am. That's my personality. I'm just keeping it real. I just, I'm just telling it like it is. I'm just, just trying to keep it real here. Well, listen, listen to me. You better be glad that people don't just keep it real with you, or maybe, maybe we need to more. But if you're one of those people that just say, this is just who I am, well, you need to change. Like you need, you need to repent. This is why we're preaching about the power of words today. You need to, you need to make a change. In fact, that's where we're going with this sermon today. I'm going to kind of give you the punchline right here um, in the middle of the sermon. I'm not going to wait to the end. Let me, let me give you the punchline right here. If you want to change your life, you've got to change the words that you speak. If you want to change your life, you've got to change the words that you speak. Now back to James, because this is gym class. James, James was the, the, the brother of Jesus, and, and in fact, many people believe that James is the best evidence of the divinity of Christ, because, you know, what would it take for your brother to convince you that he was, you know, the Messiah, uh, or your sister, right? So the fact that James believed that Jesus was the Messiah, you know, theologians will point to that and say, clearly he was, his own brother even believed it. Uh, and, and James writes in James chapter 3, and again, James chapter 3 is all about the, the power of the tongue. And he's dealing with us controlling and learning the significance of it. And so in, in different ways, he tries to illustrate to us how our tongue is so powerful and the words that we say are so powerful. And he says in verse number 3 of James chapter 3, you can make a, a large horse go wherever you want by the means of a small bit in its mouth. So again, something small making a huge difference. We're talking a horse that, you know, you know seven, eight hundred, maybe a thousand pound horse and a, you know, a small bit that might weigh one pound, completely controlling that massive, massive animal. Small things, big impact. Your words are powerful. He said a small rudder can make a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go. 
Like even though the winds are strong, so you got all of this wind, you know, the forces of nature, if you will, you got this massive sail, massive ship, and yet, no matter how big it is, it can be controlled. The direction can be controlled by a tiny little rudder that you can't even see that's hidden in the water. Small thing, big difference. Then James continues in verse number five and says, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing. Small thing makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark, tiny spark, tiny spark, one tiny word can start a great forest on fire. Our words are like matches with the power of life and death. You get what you speak. For example, I mean, you show me a great healthy marriage. I will show you a home where there's lots of life-giving words being spoken. Lots of life-giving words. You show me a marriage that is unhealthy, I'll show you a home where there's a lot of life-taking words spoken, right? If you want to change your marriage, change the words you're speaking. You, you want to change your home? You want to change kind of the environment, the atmosphere, the, ugh, the temperature in your home? Start speaking life-giving words. Show me someone that people want to be around, that they love hanging out with. You know, it's just a fun and exciting to be around that dude or that girl. It's someone who speaks life. They speak life. Uh, the flip side of that is show me someone that nobody wants to hang out with. It's someone that's speaking death, toxin, poison, etc. Show me a boss that people like. Show me a coach that people like. It's someone who's speaking life. You got this. Come on, you can make it. You can do this. You're the perfect person for the job. Show me, some, show me a boss or a coach or et cetera that people don't want to be around, they don't enjoy working for or playing for. It's someone who is life-taking when they talk. What about you? What... How do you handle your words? I mean, tiny little rudder that has huge impact. How do you handle your tongue? In fact, I want, to, I want us to do a, a simple little practical word audit today. And this is just for you to look at and think about for yourself. But I want you to look in the mirror. I want you to take kind of an introspective uh, look here at yourself. As it relates to speaking to others or about others, because it's not just what we say to others. You guys say, well, I don't say anything to their face, but I tell everybody else they an idiot. I don't know what's wrong with them. It's not just about speaking to others. It's also about um, speaking about others. So when you, when you think about talking about or to others, are your words life-taking? Scale of 1 to 10, or are they life-giving? Scale of 1 to 10, where do you land here? Kind of in your face a little bit, isn't it? I know, it's in my face too. What about yourself? We'll talk about this here at the close today. Because, in fact, it starts here. It matters more how you talk to yourself than how you talk to others. It starts with you. Because if you, if you have a horrible view of yourself, it's, gonna, it's going to translate. It's going to be projected onto others. How do you talk to yourself? Self-talk. Do you, have, do you speak to yourself in life-taking ways? Scale of 1 to 10, where do you land here? Or do you speak life-giving words about yourself? Are you more like, you're worthless, you're a loser, I, I, I can't believe you did that, you're so stupid? What do you say over yourself? Or are you, are you that person that's like, oh yeah, you're looking good today. <laughs> yeah, I can see them gains. You've been in that gym. Mm-hmm. I, you, you, oh, you handled that perfectly. Oh, she, she's definitely going to go out with you. How do you, how do you handle speaking to, your, to yourself? Do a, do a little word audit today. If, if, you, if you don't land right here, right here on both of these, then, then, then there's room for improvement. And that's why we're preaching. That's why we're talking about this today. If you want to change the life you have, you got to change the words that you speak. Listen to me, because small changes in the words that we speak will equate to big differences in the life that we live. So I'm going to give you three simple rules today. Three simple rules today that will make a big difference in your life. And the first one is this. Like your mama told you this already. But it's this. If you can't say something helpful, then skip it. Like I know she told you. If you don't have anything good to say, then don't say nothing at all. You heard her say that. You heard her say that. And yet we've ignored it. Because we, we tend to just open our mouth and let it come out. But a huge rule to live by, if you don't have anything good, helpful to say, then just skip it. Just 
skip it. Some of us need to get up in the morning. In fact, I don't want to say some of us. I think all of us need to get up in the morning. And it's part of our prayer time, part of our daily devotion, because LifePoint Church believes in praying first. We're not a, we're not a last resort prayer people. We are a first response uh, prayer people. So we like to pray before we start our day, before you get out, before you drop your kids off, before you send the text, before you send that email, before you, before you get out in traffic, God forbid. Whatever you got to do, you need to be talking to God first. And as part of your early morning prayer routine, I want, I want to encourage you to ask God to help you control what comes out of your mouth today. I've done this many times, man, specifically when I was going into meetings and I was like, "Woo, I'm going to want to say some things in that meeting. I'm going to want to tell those people. I've said, God, don't give me a holy hesitation. <laughs> like, uh, mm, I, mm, <laughs> yeah, just a holy hesitation. Where if I, if I don't have something po- helpful to say, something positive to say, I, I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just skip it. I'll just skip it. Here's what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4. He said, don't let, this is, yo, this is Bible. This is powerful stuff. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Wow. How in your face is that? But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who hear. So if I'm not going to say something that is going to build them up, then the King James Version says, then shut thy mouth. It really doesn't say that, but it should probably say that because really that's what Paul is saying. Just shut your yapper. If you don't have anything positive to say, don't say anything at all. And I could have brought this up a moment ago, but some of us also um, need to pay attention to who we're hanging out with because some of us have people that we've surrounded ourselves with that just spew toxin and spew poison. And it pulls us into these unwholesome conversations that like, I don't know, I don't need to be in that conversation. And yet we wind up in it because we've surrounded ourselves with people who just spew poison. You know, those people, you just go have coffee with them. and, And after you have coffee, you feel like you need a shower. I just, I've got their puke all over me because they just the whole time, yeah, did you see her and did you see him? And I, I can't believe, you, did you hear what you heard? I got some news about that. Just poison, unwholesome talk. We need to sever some relationships. We need to sever, and, 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 and maybe if we can't sever certain ones, at least marginalize, but I work with them. They like sit next to me, then marginalize the relationship. I heard a story last week, a guy, a guy was talking about being on an African safari and how they would see lions and the guide was saying, I want you to notice the lions. There's something special about the lions. First of all, they, they walk around like they own the joint. I mean, they, they prance around. They're not afraid of nothing. Ain't afraid of nobody. They eat what they want to eat. You know, they sleep where they want to sleep. When they go, when they lay down, uh, you know, to sleep, uh, wherever, whatever time of the day it is, they're not laying there with one eye open because they're afraid something's going to attack them. Like most animals, they have to be careful to make sure they find a very safe place. And then they sleep very lightly. Not the lion. They're just crash because nothing's going to, they don't care. This is how God wants us to live our life, by the way. He wants us to be lions for him. He wants us to. But, but what else he said is, he said, you, you notice who the lions hang out with? They don't hang out with zebras. They don't hang out with gazelles. They're not running around with a wildebeest. Lions hanging out with lions because they're prancing around doing lion stuff. I wanted to say lion crap, but I don't know if I can say that here. Esther Danny, if you're watching, you'll have to forgive me. They're, bounce, they're bouncing around doing lion stuff. So they're going to surround themselves with other lions. You need to surround yourself with other people who are building you up, who are strengthening you, who are speaking words of life, who are building you up and encouraging you and speaking things that benefit you. You need to get rid of those people in your life that are spewing toxins and poisons, and you know who I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking about right now. And you might be that person. That's why the Lord is speaking to you on today. <laughs> Do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. If it's not building, if it's not helping, then shut thy mouth. Holy hesitation. The second thing. Second thing is if you think something good, say it. Just say it. What good is it to think it about someone without saying it. 
I don't want to rob my spouse or my kids or my, 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 my staff or my friends of the blessing that God has dropped into my head about them that they desperately need to hear. If I think something good, I want to say it because Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 16 that gracious words are a honeycomb. Like they're sweet to the soul and they are healing to the bones. So it's likely if God drops something into your head, like you're just driving and you think about something about your wife or about your kids, about how you're proud of them, or, you know, again, a friend, a coworker, a staff member, a boss, whatever it might be, if you think it, I promise you, if you'll say those words to them, it'll be sweet to their soul and healing to their bones. We all need, we all crave words of affirmation and words of blessing. Why would we rob someone of the blessing that God is wanting to give them through you by thinking something but not actually saying it, by not actually saying it? And you might, you might be that person, well, I'm just not good. I'm just not good at giving praise. I'm just not good at affirmation. I just, I'm just not. Again, that's why we're preaching about this today. You can change. I'm an Enneagram 8. And in general, I am not great at giving affirmation. In general, I can be seen as unempathetic. He just doesn't care. Actually, I do. I do care. The problem with me is that I, I do have empathy. I just didn't voice it well. And so people think I don't care about them, but I do care about them. So I've learned, see, you don't learn things about yourself that are wrong so that you can go, well, that's just who I am. No, you learn things that are wrong so that you can make some tweaks. You know what I'm saying? So that you can change some things. You can change. If you want to change the life you're living, if you want to change your world, if you want to change your marriage, if you want to change your home, change the words that you are speaking. My mother was amazing. She passed on. She went to be with Jesus in 2016, but she set my, my life on the course that it is on with her words of affirmation and her words of encouragement. My precious mother, I grew up singing a lot. And to my mother, I never sang a bad song. But guys, I did. I sang a lot of terrible songs, but not to her. When I started preaching, I never preached a bad sermon. It was always amazing. Guys, it wasn't. Like, it was bad, really bad. Like, especially the early. You think it's bad today. You should have heard me 20-whatever years ago when I was just getting started. I never took a bad picture. Like, and, and I did take some bad pictures because there were days I went to school and nobody knew it was picture day. You know what I'm saying? You ever done that? Like, mama didn't know it was picture day. So I got a dirty stained shirt on, hair's just, you know, uh, stuff all around my mouth. Didn't even wash my face well that day, taking a picture. And mother's like, oh, you're so handsome. Words of affirmation, words of, words of hope. Words of encouragement and her words set me up to be who I am today. Who I am today. She spoke words of life. We can all attest to the fact that a lot of the things that we deal with in our life and that we're, places that we are in our life come directly from words that were spoken over us. Again, by, by a parent, by a, by a coach, by, by a spouse. I'm intentional about speaking words of life over my boys just like my mother was for me. She would leave me little handwritten notes because we didn't text back then. But she would leave me little handwritten notes. It's not funny. I'm old, yes, but it's not funny. She would leave me little handwritten notes, and I've kept dozens and dozens of those notes through the years, handwritten notes of encouragement. She would think something, she would write it. So I, I do my best, and I've, I've, I've learned to do this with, with, with our staff at, at, at North Rock and with, with my wife and with my boys. When I think something good, I just pick up the phone and I text it. And if I'm driving down the road, I don't pick up my phone, but I'll say, hey, Siri. I don't want to say that too loud because she'll hear me. Um, but I'll say, hey, Siri, and I'll tell her what I want to say. When I think it, I want to say it. I want to speak life over my kids. Parents, we have two options we have two options as it relates to our kids. We can speak life or we can speak death. Why would you choose death? I'm going to choose life. I'm going to speak, over, speak life over my kids. I'm going to tell them how proud I am of them, how much I believe in them. I'm going to tell them, even though they're 21 and 18 now, that I, I couldn't love them any more than I do, that I'm so proud of them. I texted my son last night as I was driving back into town because we have a Saturday night service and I knew he was going to lead worship. And I just said, lead him to Jesus tonight, son. I'm so proud of you. 
got to speak words of life. I, I speak prophetic words of life over them. I've been telling them since they were little that God put a champion in them. God's put a champion in you. So they've grown up going, I got a champion in me. And it's amazing how our words create our worlds and they become a self-fulfilling prophecy. You speak it long enough, it will come into fruition. They heal the bones. They are sweet to the soul. They are like a honeycomb. You're a winner. God has huge plans for your life. I speak life. I speak life-giving words over my, my wife, my spouse. I'd marry you all over again. You're, you're, you're more gorgeous today than you were when we got married and you walked down that aisle. You were gorgeous then, but you're prettier today than you were then. I love spending time with you. I, would never, I wouldn't want to spend time with anybody else more than I want to spend time with you. We send texts. I call them hot texts. She sends me life-giving texts. She sent me, nobody even caught that in this service, that 830 service. They're the carnal ones. They're the carnal ones. But, but this morning, while I was on the way here to preach, she sent me a text. You're going to do amazing today. I'm praying for your, for, for your strength and, and that God will use you. I wish so bad I was there to hear you. As a matter of fact, she said, I'm going to try to find it online so I can watch. So baby, if you're watching online today, thank you for that text this morning. I appreciate it. I love you, sweetheart. Can't wait to see you tonight. She's out of town today, by the way. She's, she's with my son uh, playing, playing ball in Dallas. But make it a rule, guys. Make it a rule. Make it a rule. If I think it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. Don't rob someone of their blessing. Send the email. Make the call. Send the text. Write the note. And then finally, number three. Finally, number three. If you want to see something in your life, speak it. If you want to see something in your own life, speak it. Don't just encourage other people with your words, but encourage yourself with your words. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, David was, was actually dealing with a very, very difficult time where, where he, he felt all alone. And as a matter of fact, nobody really was hanging out him. There was some bad stuff that happened. And so everybody was just kind of avoiding him. You know how sometimes when bad things happen to people, you don't really know what to say. So you don't say anything at all. And I'm just going to tell you, that's not necessarily the best way to handle it. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know if he wanted anybody to call. He did. He does. I promise you. But David had nobody to encourage him. Nobody to encourage him. So 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6 says this, David encouraged himself. He encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. If there's nobody there to encourage you, I want to challenge you to encourage yourself. In fact, I want you to get up in the morning and speak life over yourself. I have daily declarations that I declare over myself every day. I, 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 declare, I, I declare multiple, I won't, I won't go into the things because they're personal to me, but I declare life over myself every day during my devotion time, during my prayer time, I speak life over myself. If I want to change my world, I got to change my words. And it's amazing when I speak life over myself, it kind of becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy. Too many people are speaking death over themselves. You're looking in the mirror and you're speaking, you're speaking words of death and and. and negative words about what you see and who you are and what you did. And God is saying, you know, stop saying that you're worthless. Stop saying that you'll never amount to anything. Stop saying that your marriage is the worst marriage in the history of the United States of America. Stop saying I'll never be able to get out of this. Stop saying my job is the worst. Stop saying I don't have what it takes. Stop saying I'll, I'll never amount to anything. Change it. Tweak it. And start encouraging yourself and start speaking life over yourself. What we got to do is instead of speaking what we see, we got to speak what he says. Because what he says trumps what I see. I might look in the mirror and I might see some things that are accurate, like they are facts about me. But just because it's a fact and just because it's accurate about me does not mean it's the final authority. He's the final authority. And he says, you're forgiven. He says, I've got a plan for you. He says, your life matters. He says, as long as you got a pulse, you have a purpose. He says, your best years are not behind you. So we got to start speaking those things over ourselves. We got to start saying things like, my spouse is a gift from God. God has plans for my life. We got to start saying things like my life matters. God chose me before I was even born. He's not finished with me yet. We got to speak life. Speak life over ourselves. 
Encourage yourself in the Lord. I, I dare you to try it. I dare you to try it. And if it helps you like it helps me, keep a log in your phone of some encouraging words that you need to say over yourself and just read them every day. Even if you don't feel it, say it. God has a plan for you. You are forgiven. You are whole. You are set free. Speak. Speak life over yourself. Close your eyes if you don't mind. Let me, let me pray for you all over the building. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word today. God, your word is so powerful. It's so effective. Jesus, this is a word that we all need. I, I would venture to say that 100% of the people in this room, when scoring themselves, when auditing, auditing themselves, did not score a 10 as, as it relates to how we talk to others or about others or to ourself or about ourselves. Lord Jesus, we need to change. We need to change. We need a better life. We need to be more effective. We need to step into our purpose. We need more boldness in our life. We need more courage in our life. God, and it begins with the words that we speak. So God, forgive us. Forgive us. God, we repent. We want to make some changes. We need to marginalize or sever some relationships in our life that have kind of been pulling us back into some unwholesome talk. Lord Jesus, and we need to change ourselves. So God, I pray that you would give us the courage to give us, give us the audacity to take the steps that we need to take. Lord, and this afternoon, we're gonna think something good. Lord, in that moment, remind us, send the text, make the call, write the note, send the email. I don't wanna just think it, I wanna say it. Lord Jesus, I speak life over everybody in this room. We are your children. You knit us together, Lord, while we were in our mother's womb. Lord, you have a future and a plan for our life, and you know what those plans are. You have a purpose for every individual in this room. It doesn't matter if they're seven years old or 70 years old. God, you still have a plan for them. They're not dead and you're not done. So, Lord Jesus, I pray that we would rest in that, that we would embrace that truth, Lord, that we would lean into that today. I speak life over this room. I speak freedom over this room. Those who are bound, God, I pray that you would set them free. Those who are dealing with fear, Lord Jesus, we bind fear in Jesus' name. You said whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. We bind fear. We bind anxiety in Jesus' name. We lose freedom in this room. I lose freedom in this room, Lord Jesus. I, 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 we bind addiction in this room, Lord. We lose freedom in this room. Peace in this room. Hope in this room. In Jesus' name. As I continue to pray, if you're in the room and you're not in a relationship with Jesus or you're watching online and you're not in a relationship with Jesus, this is the day to start. Like, don't go any further than this moment. Like this moment is for you. It doesn't matter how messed up you feel, how broken you feel, what you did yesterday, what you did two years ago or last week. I don't care. We've all made mistakes. We are all broken. But our Savior has this amazing, amazing ability to take brokenness and turn it into something beautiful. And that's what he wants to do with you today. And I want you to know that he accepts you. He loves you just like you are. But he loves you too much to leave you that way. He loves you too much to leave you that way. So if you need to rededicate your life to Jesus or surrender your life to him for the very first time, this moment is for you. This moment is for you. I'd ask for all heads bowed, all eyes closed, nobody looking around. You know who you are if you're online. But for those in the room, who need to take that step of faith and surrender your life to Jesus. I'd love to see your hand. Nobody's looking around but myself. If you just kind of throw your hand in the air right now and say, yeah, Jonathan, I need to surrender my life to him. I need a fresh start. I need, I need a fresh start. Yeah, thank you guys. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. 
All right, you can put your hands down now. I'm going to pray a simple prayer of surrender, and I invite everybody watching online as well as everybody in the room to pray this along with me in your own words. Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. On this amazing summer weekend of 2021, I'm starting over. I'm making a fresh start following you. I ask you to forgive me for my sins, Lord. And I'm confessing with my mouth that I need you. I'm speaking. I'm speaking that I need you. I need you, Jesus. I need you to save me. I believe in you. I believe you gave your life for me and that you rose from the grave. And today I'm starting over. I'm surrendering everything. And I'm making you the Lord of my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And everybody said amen. Come on, a big hand for all those who took that step of faith, guys. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.